impeachment trial suspended Attorney General Ken Paxton starts Tuesday. We look at who's spending big money to influence the verdict. Disaster at a Burning Man festival. Tens of thousands stranded and at least one person is dead. It gets hotter before temperatures come down. We'll show you that warming trend and a few chances for rain. Hi, everybody. Thank you for joining us. I'm Mike Rush. In two days, the Texas Senate will gavel in for the impeachment trial of suspended Attorney General Ken Paxton. And as senators prepare to decide Paxton's fate, the trial is surrounded by outside influences, cash, connections, and conflicts of interest are calling into question the impartiality of the jury. Ryan Chandler breaks down the big money political players trying to buy favor for Ken Paxton. Pax putting pressure on the process, telling Republican senators a vote for conviction is a vote for consequences. If they do decide to do that, ultimately they're going to go back home and, and hear from their voters. The pro-Paxton group Defend Texas Liberty gave a $3 million contribution to the court's presiding officer just before he set to try their political ally. I would say that a vote to impeach Ken Paxton does put a senator against most of their Republican voters and on the side of Democrats. And that often does lead to them getting opposition from a very broad conservative coalition. Financial records show more than 95% of Defend Texas Liberty's money comes from just two billionaires, Ferris Wilkes and Tim Dunn, kingmakers of Republican politics who have long been Paxton supporters. Other groups also urging voters to turn up the heat on their senators, like Steve Hotze's Stand with Paxton page. General Paxton has fought these powerful evil forces in court. No wonder they want to get rid of him. Both sides acknowledging this is not a typical trial, with concerns for impartiality. Principle needs to be what guides them, not politics. The Senate is going to try to do this as fairly as possible under the unusual circumstances. We're going to have a hard time finding an impartial jury, I would think. The money game has led government watchdogs to call for stricter ethics rules. Everything that's happening right now, although it doesn't look good, it's legal. What we need long term is a legislature that says, you know, enough is enough. We need to keep the money away from these important decisions. Macias says anti-Paxton groups have also been trying to influence the outcome. And in this case, don't hate the player, hate the game. The lieutenant governor said it best. He said, this is not a criminal trial. This is not a civil trial. This is a political trial. Ryan Chandler, KXAN News. Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick maintains the Senate will conduct a fair and impartial trial and each senator will independently weigh the evidence. On Friday, he announced he will not accept campaign donations during the trial. Senators and House impeachment managers have made that same commitment. Going in depth now, Paxton's impeachment trial will be open to the public to watch, but you do have to get tickets to it. Tickets will be given out in the morning and in the afternoon for those sessions, and those are available on a first-come, first-served basis. The Senate also laid out rules for being in the gallery. No food or drinks are allowed. Phones and other electronics must be turned off or set to vibrate, and no cameras are allowed in the gallery. First Warning Weather with meteorologist Nick Bannon.
Well, yeah, another hot day here in Central Texas. We've said that now for months. We're at 99 in Buda from our Rock and Dirt Yard camera. Not much in the way of clouds there, and you can see plenty of heat throughout the area, low 100s or upper 90s, wherever you are at this point. We've been watching clouds and radar closely. Remember yesterday, we talked about the slightest little chance for a spotty shower or storm. Now, we have seen some puffier clouds in portions of the hill country that has not led to any rain at this point, but we do have a cluster of isolated storms dropping in from the north of us heading toward Waco right now. It is possible that a few of these puffier clouds and isolated storms and showers may try to clip some of our northern counties as we head through the next two or three hours. Most of you stay dry. I think we stay dry in Austin. If you're coming to Moody Center for the Jonas Brothers concert tonight, that concert is at seven. Of course, it's inside, but you might be walking outside to the concert 96 at seven. 91 at 9 and down to 86 here at 11 o'clock tonight. Coming up in first warning weather, we've got more slim rain chances ahead. We'll focus on those optimistically. Heat and humidity building in and the increasing chances for rain next weekend. All right, thanks, Nick. See you in a bit. Labor Day weekend is in full swing, and that means many people are out on the lakes around Central Texas. Nabil Ramadna stopped by Lake Austin to see what precautions boaters are taking when they get out on the water. Well, any holiday weekend brings a lot of boaters from around Central Texas to many of the lakes. And as you can see here at the Walsh Boat Landing, things are very busy here on Lake Austin. A lot of the boaters we talked to saying that safety is priority this weekend as many people will be out on these lakes. And certainly you have to keep your eyes peeled when you're out there. I have a five year old daughter, so she's top of mind. So always trying to be safe with her uh, life jackets and everything. Um, just keeping eyes out and, you know, um, having a sober driver. Now, certainly this weekend, if you are going out, keep safety top priority. If you are drinking, make sure you have a sober driver. There are officers out patrolling this weekend, but the main thing is, is have fun and stay safe. Back to you. Thanks, Bill. Volunteers spent part of their Labor Day weekend working hard on a labor of love. They got out their mowers and other yard tools and cleaned up the Williamson Creek Cemetery in South Austin. The organizer says the cemetery has been neglected for several years. Overgrowth and tree limbs that fell during the winter storm earlier this year obscure the headstones. Slaves from the early 1900s are buried at the historic cemetery, and those who came out today are hoping that their efforts will inspire others to maintain the cemetery. I think that if descendants think that there's people that are strangers that have absolutely no relationship to the people that's buried out here, here and it's, it's passionate about coming out here and volunteering, that they will also volunteer their time. Cheryl Johnson, who we just heard from, says that she has taken on this task from her father, who passed away earlier this year. She says that he would spend a lot of time caring for that very same cemetery. Going in depth now, KXAN Investigates has examined issues surrounding cemetery care and who's responsible for their upkeep. To watch our coverage, go to the investigation section at KXAN.com. Still to come, the special ceremony in Washington, D.C., highlighting the 78th anniversary of the end of World War II. And a stunning sight in the sky, witnessed by many people in one European country. 
This weekend marks the 78th anniversary of the end of World War II. In Washington, D.C., World War II veterans were recognized at a ceremony at the National World War II Memorial. Wreaths were placed at the memorial's Freedom Wall in remembrance of those who lost their lives in the war. More than 400,000 Americans and 60 million people worldwide were killed in World War II, making it the deadliest conflict in human history. Well, scattered thunderstorms brought heavy rainfall and significant flooding to some parts of Las Vegas on Friday and Saturday. Strong winds and lightning were also associated with the rounds of storms. Cars could be seen driving through the dangerous flooded roadways. According to officials, there have been dozens of calls for swift water rescues in the valley. At least 13 of those calls were in the city of Las Vegas. Even the famous Las Vegas Strip was flooded. Some areas received more than three inches of rainfall. And in northern Nevada, flooding there is keeping thousands of attendees at the Burning Man event stranded in Black Rock City. Around 70,000 people remained stuck on muddy campgrounds following two days of heavy rainfall. Attendees of the Music and Arts Festival were first advised to shelter in place and conserve food and water on Friday. The Pershing County Sheriff's Office is also investigating a death that happened during the event but offered few details. One attendee said they are considering an attempt to leave the city despite event gates remaining closed, while others do not necessarily welcome the rain but see it as part of the experience. Festival organizers still plan to host its culminating event this evening, the burning of a large wooden effigy also known as burn the man of course that dust the ground there got so muddy because of the rain it's just difficult to come and go here in central texas a high of 102 today so yet another triple digit day that now makes it 72 for the year just 18 behind 2011 we'll show you even hotter temperatures as we head through the week and what's causing that in first warning weather Residents across Turkey were treated to a rare sight while looking up in the sky last night. This video was taken in the center of the city of Erzurum, one of the many places where people reported seeing a stunning bright object streak across the sky. The object was believed to be a meteor, but officials have yet to confirm exactly what it is there. Mm. Uh, all right, let's, uh, well, I was, when I first glanced out, I saw the child holding the thing. I think it's like, just a toy that the kid's holding. <laughs> right. But it was above. A lot of fuss over It was that above toy. him. Yeah, yeah, really. All right, let's talk about the uh, forecast a little bit. Going to get uh, even warmer before we see a little bit of a cool down. Yeah, we think uh, temperatures are going to slowly climb here through the week, pe uh, peaking around Thursday or Friday. But there are some signs that the following week, meaning not this week, but next. Yeah. These numbers may actually more consistently be in the 90s. So wow. something to look forward that to there. Nice. That's not in the seven-day, though, but uh, some things that we're seeing behind the scenes. Let's take you outside here this early evening to our Lorenz & Lorenz 360 cam, where it's still 101. Sunshine, a few scattered clouds off in the distance. A few of the puffier clouds have mainly stayed in the hill country, but no rain out there in central Texas just yet. 99 is where we are in Austin. Still triple digits surround us, and we made it to uh, triple digits again today, as you know. 96 is where we'll be at 7, dropping down into the mid-70s as we start your Labor Day morning and then hopping up to 101 here tomorrow afternoon. So the temperatures may drop slightly here tomorrow. Tomorrow would actually be the coolest 
day of the next seven. As you can see, every other day is 102, 103, or 104, although the numbers may start to trend downward by Sunday. But you can see those two 104s in a row Friday and Saturday. So that's what I mean by the temperatures get hotter before they start to come down again. Humidity is going to get up a little bit higher too, peaking on about Tuesday into Wednesday. And you can see even tapping into the tropical category temporarily. But those numbers, at least the humidity feels like conditions start to drop a little bit as we head toward the end of the week. That drier air easier to heat. So the humidity comes down as the temperatures go up. As far as what's happening right now, it's kind of an interesting scenario watching some spotty storms. They're actually circulating counterclockwise around Dallas because there's an upper level low over Dallas and you can see that swirl there causing some storms in the area. It's possible that the storms just northwest of Waco may try to clip parts of Central Texas. We'll call it a less than 10% rain chance tonight. Some of our computer models have hinted at that possibility, but really your chances where you are very slim, if not close to zero here this evening. Our day tomorrow, generally dry for your Labor Day plans. There's another, call it less than 10% rain or storm chance in our eastern counties tomorrow, uh, but uh, generally most of us staying dry. This particular computer model picking up on that slim chance in our eastern counties into tomorrow evening. Many of our other models are even drier than that. We do think rain chances start to make a comeback as we head into the weekend. This is Saturday evening. Rain chances coming back even Sunday decent rain chances this far out but still toward the end of our seven day we'll have it only at 10 to 20 percent Saturday into Sunday it's not great but it's something 76 is where we go tonight your Labor Day forecast tomorrow high of 101 sunshine and a less than 10 percent rain chance you'll see Wednesday sunshine 102 Thursday, we're up to 103. That would tie the record. Friday, 104. Saturday, 104. That would be record-breaking heat. And then 102 on Sunday. Even that lower temperature would still break records. The records this time of year. Actually, a little bit lower, of course, as we head deeper into September. These triple digits are not as common as they are in the middle of summer. Want to give you an update on the tropics. Still have Tropical Storm Gert and Katia out there. But just to the west of Africa, that red X, that's under that some clouds that are heading westward with a 90% chance of developing into a tropical depression or stronger over the next seven days. That'll be one to watch as it drifts slowly westward. This is KXAN Sports, brought to you by Thomas J. Henry. Even though the game didn't start exactly pristine, it ended as expected for Texas, a blowout win over Rice to start the season 1-0. Texas made 28 straight against the Owls. 29 straight. Quinn Ewers had a solid day on Saturday, completing 19 of 30 passes, throwing three touchdowns with that one to Adonai Mitchell being the first of the season. But the defense was the star of the show from the outset. Jalen Ford continued to show his prowess out there with his coverage as a linebacker. And then Austin Jordan had the second interception of the day. Those would be both of the turnovers that they forced. Texas only gave up 10 points. They should definitely get plenty of flowers, but the quarterback is the star of the show. Let's get real. And there was a spotlight on Quinn Ewers' performance, especially ahead of Alabama next week. I thought he got himself kind of recentered, and that was a real positive for me because a year ago, you know, he got sacked a couple times there at the end of the first half. 
I don't know what might have happened coming out into the second half. Today, he comes out in the second half, looked much more comfortable, so he was able to recenter himself, which I think shows a lot of maturity on Quinn's part. You know, I'm not mad at the throws. I think I gave my receivers, you know, chances to go up and get the ball, which that's what has been my focus the past this past offseason instead of you know, trying to be so perfect and, and end up overthrowing those guys. I think it's it's good that I'm just giving those guys a chance. Volleyball top 10 matchup at Gregory Gym today. Texas hosting Stanford. They unveiled the Longhorns National Championship banner before the match. They also honored Logan Eggleston, who won the Honda Spirit Award for volleyball. Uh, Texas did their best, but Stanford was better today, much better, as the Cardinal beat the Longhorns in straight sets. Texas drops to two and two on this young season. How about Texas State? We'll hear from the Bobcats on last night's big victory over Baylor when sports continues after this. Keep it here. <clears throat> Texas State knew they were getting someone special when they hired G.J. Kinney to be head coach, but last night proved in every way that they might now, they are on to something. They let, he led the most prolific offense in FCS at Incarnate Word last year, and the Bobcats are showing signs that they can keep that going. New quarterback T.J. Finley had himself a game against Baylor. I mean, look at that play right there, completing 22 of 30 passes, 298 yards uh, passing, and three touchdowns. There were some nice plays by his receivers as well, like Denario Davenport, who made that nice catch, and Joey Obear. Obear had 105 yards receiving. Bobcats shot Baylor 42 to 31 for the program's first win against a power five opponent. You know, they want to win. I think everyone had a chip on their shoulder. A lot of these guys are been rode off by other programs and they come here and, and uh, are starting and, and making a contribution um, to credit to their hard work and our coaching staff. Never silence doubters, you know, so um, I, I do think, you know, us as a team, we put our foot down and let people know we're here and we coming just like Deion say. Um, you know, so as far as silencing the doubters, I'm not worried about that. I'm worried about winning uh, day in and day out. All right, MLS Austin FC avoided disaster last night. They didn't win the match, but they didn't lose. Alex Ring's goal in stoppage time gave them a point in the standings. Now they head into a two-week break, not feeling totally down. Matter of fact, feeling pretty good. It's, it's three games in a week, and it'll go a long ways emotionally for for our group. They they know what it requires to to win and compete in this league. So this was a big, uh, a continuation of a good step in the right direction. And we know uh, points not what we wanted, but um, given the situation, we were able to to uh, dig in, grind, and grab a point. And they, again, I think it's a night in this venue where it's tough to play. All right, so Austin FC won't take the field again until September 17th. So, couple so weeks, it's going to yeah. be a little while. Also, earlier today, uh, Adolis Garcia hit a walk-off home run to give the Rangers the victory. The Rangers are now one game back of Seattle for first place in the ALS, half game behind the Houston Astros. The Astros, they'll take on the Yankees today at 6 o'clock, and then the Astros and Rangers will meet tomorrow for a very pivotal series. Yeah. They're in uh, Arlington starting at 3 o'clock tomorrow. So Looking that's going to be a big one. series there. Should be for sure, yeah. yeah. Thanks, Jonathan. Back in just a moment with a final look at your forecast. Stay with us. And for us, tens of thousands of festival goers trapped in the desert after heavy rains turned their site into mud. And the new concerns for New York City schools facing that record influx of migrants with school starting this week. Those stories and more ahead on Nightly News. 
we've got some signs of hopeful change in the works here. Yeah, I've been working on uh, some long-term forecasting here this afternoon, and I'll give you a preview of it now. We've got high pressure to the southwest of us today. And what's that expected to do? Well, it builds into Central Texas Thursday and Friday of this week, and that only allows temperatures to get hotter with highs overhead, sinking air, compressional heating, temperatures go up. But notice what happens next weekend into the following week. That high slides way down to the southwest of us. That should allow temperatures to come down and possibly take us out of the consistent triple digits. On KXAN.com right now, I've got a blog explaining all of my thinking why we